This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal transfer show. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's the Arsenal news show. I swear I'm going to get that right at least at least two days in a row. I'm not going to say the word transfer, although it does feel like the word transfer has been rolling around inside my mind. And to be fair, there is actually a little bit of transfer news to talk about today. And we're going to we're gonna go through that as well. But first of all, good morning, guys. I hope you are well. Apologies if I sound a little bit croaky. Um, some of my colleagues may be watching this or wondering how on earth uh, he's doing an 8am show. Uh, yesterday was a, was a great day. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but firstly, if you could drop a like, if you could subscribe, if you knew, if you could go vote for us in the Football Content Awards, if the vote is still open, I think it is. I think there's a couple of days left uh, for you to vote. So if you haven't already, thank you to those that have dropped in the last few, last kind of last minute votes on Twitter. Really genuinely appreciate it. Also, I've had a few people, I don't know what's caused it, but I've had a few people on Instagram send some really nice messages. <laughs> thank you to you guys. Um, and as I said to all of you in the replies, like, those messages are the reasons why I do this show. And and thank you. They, they mean a lot. And yeah, thank you to everyone that doesn't send messages because I appreciate you guys watching as well. But but thanks to everyone that's been tuning in. But let me give you a little bit of insight, a little bit of a glimpse behind the curtain, if you will, uh, about kind of yesterday. If you don't know what yesterday was, uh, if you don't know much about me beyond TGT, is that this year I've got a new job. Uh, I'm now the Arsenal fan brand writer and presenter for Reach, uh, who are the company that own the likes of Football London, etc. And you've probably seen some of my articles go up on Football London. Um, but we're starting a new uh, kind of fan brands thing. Uh, and you may have seen some of our streams on a channel known as The Arsenal Way. YouTube is coming soon, I promise. Um, so you'll be able to get involved with that. It's going to be great. But basically, uh, yesterday was the first day in which we all met up uh, for the new team. Now, we've got people that are living in like Manchester, 
people are living in Leicester, people are living all over the UK, and we all met up at our HQ, which is in Canary Wharf in One Canada Square, the big tall building you see on The Apprentice. That's where the office is. That's the view from outside. It was quite a nice view, as you can see. Um, it was a really good day meeting everyone, and then afterwards we all met up, uh, went for a couple of drinks, or in my case, more than a couple of drinks, uh, and that's why my voice is a little bit uh, croaky. So apologies for that, but I'm still up. I'm still here at 8 a.m. giving you guys the news uh so uh, that is worthy of a like surely so please make sure if you haven't already please do drop a like on the video please do subscribe if you're new and uh and yeah and there's a couple more there's a lot of exciting stuff coming on the channel as well because there's a couple of things i've got to talk about i'm not going to be answering any questions about this in this show specifically um but we've got a channel update coming a little bit later on this morning uh in which i talk about our new partnership uh with fans bet and sport in mind uh, any questions you have, any questions I think you might have, I'm going to be going through all of that. Um, but what I will say is that that does not affect the 8am show. So if you have any queries about this show, this being the only show you watch, enjoying this show, whatever, that does not affect this show at all. But as I say, I'll be going through all of the questions to do with that in a channel update show a little bit later on this morning. So tune in for that. And then 3 p.m. this afternoon is the first preview show of the season. We haven't been able to do preview shows because of just work and stuff, but I am now fully committed to getting you guys your, your members' uh, preview shows. If you are a member to the channel, you are an expert member or a TGT ambassador and you're in our Discord server, uh, you get the chance to come on all of the preview shows. Um, well, not all of them, but like you could come on any of them, if that makes sense. So... Uh, we'll be joined by a few of our members from the Discord server to preview the Norwich City game, and that will be our first show in partnership with Fans Bet and Sport in Mind. So I'll answer all of your questions on that a little bit later on uh, this morning. Let's kick on, though, with the news for the day. And uh, specifically, uh, <laughs> Arteta, of course, did his press conference yesterday, which... He answered a lot of questions. Of course, the morning which Tom's got a croaky voice, I have to go and, you know, talk a lot about what Arteta has been saying. So we're going to go through, I've picked out a number of things in which he said, we're going to discuss them, we're going to talk about them. And of course, I want to get your thoughts and feelings in the chat box. We'll wait until the end to go through all of your thoughts and your feelings on them. So make sure that you are saving up those questions because we'll be going through them. Um, but on Sayer Kolasinac, first of all, uh, who, of course, suffered an injury in the game against uh, France. Jules Kunder was the guy that injured him. I think he then played another game later on in the break. Um, but Arteta says he's doing well. He's still uh, still in his country and needs to stay there until Saturday, I believe. As soon as he can be released and he is okay to travel, he will be here with us. So he won't be available for Norwich, but he is doing well, which is you know, a positive for Klasnach, but we don't particularly want to see him play. Um, Mikel Arteta speaking just more generally about the effects of injuries and the pandemic and the positive tests and illness on the side and the reasons as to why we have lost our opening three games. He says, I'm really looking forward to having everyone available and trying to start the season the way that we want. We don't want to use any excuses. We know how difficult the start was with injuries. A lot of issues we had with the extremely difficult games that we had. I'll talk about that in a second. We have uh, to reset now and we need to start, get everyone back on track and start to win football games, which is what we have to do. Now, this, this is what's annoying because I don't like, I don't like the fact um Oh, am I lagging? Apologies if I'm lagging. Um, if what annoys me is don't say we don't like we don't want to use any excuses and then name 
three excuses. Like that, that's in the same sentence. That's what's annoying is that you've gone, we don't want to start the season with, like, we don't want to use excuses, but it's been difficult because of injuries, because of the pandemic, and because we've had difficult fixtures. That's why. Like, why are you saying that? It, it makes no sense to say we don't want any excuses. Here's our three excuses. I find it strange. I hate the word excuses anyway. Like, we've talked about this a lot. We really have. And to be honest, I look into some of the words that get used by members of the fan base, calling it excuses here and there. Look, and I don't particularly like the words because I think there are genuine reasons sometimes for different things. But there are, there are no reasons for the way in which we've performed, even with the players available to us at the start of this season. We have been awful. Like there's been no system, no style, no clear message I can see on the pitch of what we're trying to do. That's not down to injuries and stuff. So that that was irritating. I'll be very real. That, that was a little bit annoying. Going on to talking about Ainsley Maitland. Now, as you said, any private conversations between the players uh, and on the role we believe they can have in the team is always discussed openly but privately, and that is how we resolve the matters. Uh, I'm happy that he has stayed. That was our intention, and he is another player in the squad. And we know that we know that we want to see. Um, we know that we want to see Maitland Niles kind of given an opportunity when he is ready to to play. And that is going to best come in situations where we need depth in the midfield, we need depth from right back, we need depth in certain areas of the pitch. Whether that's going to come in the opening few games that we've got after the international break, I'm not sure. The only time I could really see him getting a game is if Partey isn't yet fit to start, Xhaka's not yet available, and so you've got to go over Lukonga and Maitland-Niles because you now Nenny's going to be injured. But I don't really see him getting too many other opportunities, maybe at right back in the cup competitions. But he's a member of the squad and he's an option and he's here and he's not going anywhere until at least January. So there's that that we've got to focus on. Um, the club, he says, uh, we need to work on a work permit for Tommy Asu, is this what we're talking about? The club is trying hard to achieve that in the next couple of hours. He's back in the country right now. I will meet him for the first day today and uh, probably train with him, see how he is and get a feel for it. He's been playing, so he should be completely fit. And yet we've been impressed. That's the reason we decided to sign him. Uh, Tommy Asu played a left centre-back for Japan in the 1-0 win over China, which is a really interesting position for him. It does mean that maybe we could use him as a backup to Gabriel if needed. I think he should be starting at right-back, to be honest. That's where he really should be uh, starting the matches for us. That's why we bought him. That's why we've invested nearly £20 million in him. But uh, Chris Wheatley of Football London has confirmed that he is available for Saturday. All of those issues have been resolved and he will be available for selection for Norwich City. So in our preview show a little bit later on today, maybe you will see some of the guys and our members be predicting Tomiyasu to start in those games. Let's move on to the next quotes. Uh, we're nearly there. It says, any player that can start regarding Ramsdale and Leno, we want a competition and to raise the level in each position. That's why we recruited Aaron. We know what a fantastic goalkeeper Burnt is as well. All of these hints could be pointing towards Aaron Ramsdale starting on Saturday. Now, supposedly there was a bit of an issue in the German national side getting back from, I believe it was Iceland. That could affect how Bert Leno is in regarding to coming back and how ready he is for Saturday. Ramsdale, of course, has been training with the team and with Arteta all week while Leno's been away. So Ramsdale is in the perfect position and the perfect placement to start against Norwich. I think a lot of Arsenal fans would like to see him start against Norwich. I would like to see him start against Norwich. I think he just adds so much more distribution to us. That's that's what I want to see. 
that that's what I want to see is is Ramsdale starting playing those balls out to the defenders breaking those defensive lines of our team straight to the midfielder like we saw the pass against West Brom I think it went into um was it Mohamed Elneny I think it might have been um but a really good kind of passing direct different is what we want and different is is what you get with Ramsdale so that's what we want to see. Emil Smith-Rowe missed England's under-21 game because of an injury. Um, he's still carrying that illness, says Arteta. He's not been feeling good. He could not stay there, and the England national team was really positive about letting him go because everybody could see he wasn't available. Let's see how he is in the next couple of days. We have not yet got too much confirmation from what I've seen. I know I was a little bit out of the loop yesterday, um, but I'm pretty sure, just doing a quick check, whilst anything's come out in the last few minutes uh nothing has come out in regarding him being available or not for saturday he's been ill i'd be expecting to see him on the bench i think you're more likely to see erdegaard pepe and saka as kind of the attacking midfield three behind the bamiang i think if he is going to be available he'll probably be coming from the bench so that's that is where we will probably see Smith Rowe if he is indeed available after being ill. Now, Arteta then did an interview on the Arsenal.com website in which they talked specifically about the transfer window. We're going to cover this briefly and then we've got two more stories and then we're going to get to your questions. So start getting those questions ready. He says, we want a club that is sustainable, that is stable financially, but at the same time we can compete at the highest level because we know what the demands of the club to be is the best. We have to do that. On top of that, we needed to recruit in a lot of positions. In order to do that, we had to spread the money and how it was spent wisely. Then we had to be very specific with the qualities, the targets we want that can reach the potential that is required at that level with the competition we have with other teams to reach that aim. When he was asked about kind of the the style and the strategy of signing those players he said that's the complexity in this industry industry we are trying to build a medium to long-term project which needs immediate results that only happens in elite sport and most importantly in football we have to embrace that challenge it is what it is which you can tell from hearing from david ornston on the ask cast edu is very much thinking medium long term arteta is very much in the kind of the short term knowing he has to get results to impress to keep his job to keep the fans happy he goes on to say, we cannot change that and we don't want to change that because we want results right now. That's what we have to put on top of the players' heads. It has to happen now and it has to keep improving in the medium and long term. And that's it. Lots of words about the transfers. Lots of more building on from what Edu said. Maybe this was an interview that was put out because of the reaction to Edu's interview, which wasn't so positive. Look, I, I appreciate the communication. I'm never going to complain about communication about the club going in that direction. It's come in a very short space of time. I hope that doesn't mean that we won't get any kind of other public update on certain things that are going on around the club for another 12 months. Some people don't like to see step-by-step -step updates publicly. I think that's something that the club can do now and again, as long as it's strategic and it's open and it's honest and it's the real deal rather than, you know, trying to pull the wool over our eyes. I think that Arteta has been open and honest about that. I think he's spoken very honestly because we know for a fact how much he is prioritising and trying to prioritise anyway the results of the immediate. And he is much more focused on the immediate present than, say, Edu is, who is looking more towards the medium to long term. 
because he doesn't have to worry about results because that's Arteta's job. Edu's job is to build the squads and I feel like he's doing some good work. It's Arteta that is very much in question with what he's doing around the squad at the moment. A couple of stories before we go to your questions. Mohamed El Nelly, of course, stayed at Arsenal. He is still going to be injured for two to three weeks with a hamstring problem, but Galatasaray did have a bid rejected by Arsenal in the final hours of the Turkish window. But until at least January, El Nelly will be staying a line on that, Miguel Aziz does have a recall option in his contract. Uh, so we could yet bring Miguel Aziz back in January if we do let go of Elneny. Of course, he is going to the African Cup of Nations, as is Thomas Partey. Maybe Aziz could return in January. And the other is uh, Fabrizio Romano talking about uh, Tammy Abraham and specifically how badly Arsenal wanted him. In fact, they were saying that Arsenal were really pushing uh, to sign it to sign Tammy Abraham, but basically, from what I understand, is because they weren't able to move on either one of Lacazette or Aubameyang, there was no hope of us signing Tammy Abraham this window. But it does give us an indication, anyway, that there is kind of movement in the sense of a striker. I think Arsenal will really go for a a big spend on a striker in 2022. We will wait and see. And also, I didn't put a story up about this, but you may have seen. And a few people tweeted me about this because they noticed it as well. I did an article on Football.London about two days ago, two days, yeah, two days ago, that was listing four possible successors to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Uh, in fact, maybe I can even get it up on the screen so you can see it. Um, but I did this article talking about Aubameyang's successors. When did it come out? Here it is. It came out on the 8th. So, yes, two days ago. Let me just share my screen so you guys can see it. If you're listening in audio only, it's going to sound really weird. Here we go. Uh, so this is the piece that I wrote on Football London for potential Pyramid Aubameyang successes, which Arsenal should consider. Uh, I suggested Dominic Calvert-Lewin, uh, which a lot of people laughed at, uh, following Balogun, uh, Gabriel Martinelli, and then lastly, uh, Yusuf Naziri, uh, I suggested. And then yesterday, quite funnily, <laughs> and this is what a few people tweeted me saying, you may have seen Arsenal linked with a move yesterday to Yusuf Naziri uh, or Naziri. Uh, I pronounce his right name wrong all the time. Apologies for our Moroccan listeners. Maybe you can educate me. Um, but <laughs> this has happened twice now because um, I did a I did another suggestion piece of just like you know suggesting players that Arsenal could sign. And yesterday, I think it was someone via Sport Witness. I can't remember who it was. Like linked us with Yusuf Naziri. I'm going to have to get used to this. I know that this is going to happen, um, but it's just odd. Like, it's really strange. Um, but that's that's what's going to happen. Uh, anyway, last thing before we go to your questions in the chat box. Uh, if you weren't uh, listening at the start of the show, you've joined us late. Two shows for you today. Uh, first one is uh, a channel update showing Q&A, probably around 10 a.m., so in a couple of hours talking about our new partnership uh, for our preview shows with fans bet and sport in mind. Uh, your immediate question is, how is that going to affect the 8am morning shows? Just to quickly answer that question, it doesn't affect the 8am morning shows. So don't, if, if you have any concerns about that, it's not affecting this specific show. So don't worry, but I'll be answering a lot of questions, going some uh, through some FAQs and of course, answering some of the questions from the chat. 
in about 10 a.m so if you and i know a lot of you do really care about the channel i'll be going through a lot of the stuff in there but some really cool interesting stuff is going to be happening with that and then our preview show will be at 3 p.m uk time this afternoon i'll be joined by a few of our members if you would like to come on the preview shows throughout the season if you are a member in our discord server which you can join if you become an expert member or a tgt ambassador uh, then you can join us for our preview shows. You can be giving out your thoughts ahead of the game, giving us your predicted lineup and having a chat about all of that. So uh, I look forward to chatting to some of the members at 3 p.m. this afternoon. But without further ado, let's go to your questions in the chat box and get as many of your thoughts and theories and feelings answered. I'm going to take a quick drink because I'm slightly dying. There we go. Let's see what happens. Uh, Tulip says, can you see us selling Leno in January and bringing in Onana? I doubt it. I think they look at Ramsdale as someone they want to really push to be the number one. Um, I don't think they'll sell Leno in January. I feel like Leno could go in the summer. He has another year after this season left on his contract. So that's maybe something that we will see uh, happen a little bit later on. I don't think you'll see that happen uh, in January, Tulip. Uh, Matt G says, uh, do you think the mainly negative response to Edu's interview will be put uh, will put the club off doing further interviews in the future? Absolutely not. Because, Matt, as we know, and as you know, as I'm sure you do, that every time Arsenal do an interview, every time Arsenal do any kind of public or just publicity, there is a negative reaction. There is a big backlash. There is the analy we analyze their words. We do it here. I do it on the Arsenal Lounge with uh, with Lev and Shaheen and Mo. Like we we break stuff down constantly, and there is always going to be a negative response because you can't please everyone. No one is going to be. Everyone is not going to be pleased by what happens. The only way in which you could please everyone is we went on a spending spree, signed lots of massive players, invested from the Cronky sort of things, which isn't going to happen, and we were on a big run of form. That's when you might see lots of praise. So, but you're not going to see that. You're not going to see that with Arsenal. So there you go. Uh, GGTV for you says, uh, good morning. Do you think that we'll get results at the weekend? You'll have to join us for our preview show a little bit later on today to get my thoughts on the Norwich game. Tono says, Tom, not related to Arsenal, but I want to know what would yourself react to you becoming a football journalist? Seems like it is a kid's dream uh, to do your job. Yes, it, it is an absolute dream come true. Um, and it's crazy to think that a year ago, I was still teaching. Uh, I used to teach, if you didn't know, if you joined us in the last year, I used to be a teacher about a year ago. I quit my job. I did the thing that people tell you not to, don't quit your job. Took the plunge, quit my job, went into 101 Great Goals as a main football writer for nine months. And after that, I was about more than nine months, actually. Uh, and then, yeah, just went for another job with uh, with Reach, working closely with Football London, and now, of course, the Arsenal way. And uh, yeah, it's it is a dream situation, Tono, um, absolutely. And all I can say to people that want to get into, into sports journalism, journalism in general, it's tough. I have got exceptionally lucky um, with with how I've got to this position because to turn one career into another in the space of a year is not normal. Um, but if you are wanting to get into sports journalism, get as much experience as you can, write as much as you can, um, create a channel, create videos, just do what you do best. If you're good at making videos, make videos. If you're good at writing, write, find a site that you can write for. You may have to do a lot of work for free. That's just the way that things go. If you can get a paid job, amazing. Um, but just build up experience and if you don't ask, you don't get, is is what I would say. is one of the best. I live by a life model of nothing ventured, nothing gained. And that's certainly the case with, with this job. You have to just push. You have to ask. You have to apply. You have to just keep 
grafting and grafting. We've been doing this show since 2016. That has been a big, big help, especially because obviously there's a lot of streaming and video work involved in, in my new job as well. But just keep going, guys. Like If you are interested in doing football journalism, sports journalism, journalism in general, it's that the words of it's, it's who you know rather than what you know is definitely a big factor in the business, but you still need to know. You still need to have those skills and you still need to push yourself and have a lot of experience and keep on backing yourself with, with your work and getting better and learning and taking criticism and feedback where you're as taking your losses because you'll apply to a lot of places and you won't get in because it's a very competitive field. No matter how good you are, there is always someone as good. Um, you just got to try and make yourself stand out and uh, and just keep going for it. But it's, it's tough. But if you keep going, hopefully, fingers crossed for you, um, you can you can do it as well. And there's no there's no guarantees in, in the job whatsoever. So, uh, and it's a crazy business. But, but yeah, just keep pushing, keep going for it. Uh, Magambo says, uh, why keep Leno when we were buying an expensive keeper? Don't we want to get him into the first team straight away? Um, I think because the reason why we 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 bought an expensive keeper and kept Leno is because the, the, there was not really any interest for Leno in the summer. They had to sign a backup goalkeeper that was one homegrown, which is going to you know cost you a bit more, and one that they thought had the potential to overtake Leno because I think there's been a lot of questions around Leno's performances. So I think they bought it in the case of they bought one to overtake the other, which then would leave Leno able to move on in uh, the summer. There have been a couple of links, maybe with teams in Italy, into Milan, I think I saw linked. Uh, with with Leno, we'll see if that changes throughout the summer. But it's certainly one that um, it's certainly one that will be following uh, closely and keeping you up to date. That's for sure. Patrick says, "Would you start Eddie tomorrow if he is fit? Looks good in preseason. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't play Eddie at all um, until he signs that new contract. Why? Why waste opportunities on him? You can give to a Balogun, give to a Martinelli, give to someone else." Finchetti doesn't want to sign a new deal. Finchetti doesn't want to agree to move to a club and, you know, for whatever fee that it was, we were going to get about 12 million quid, I think, from Palace for him. He didn't agree to the personal terms. Look, he can continue to train, but I think it, it wouldn't make too much sense to play him, um, to be honest, right now. I mean, you look at Balogun. We didn't play Balogun. He signed a new deal. It's it's not a cut and dry of if he won't play, he won't sign. It's, it's always something that, that can happen. Amandeep says, Arteta's excuses are so tiring. Irrespective of the team that you play, the problems you face, zero goals, 270 minutes, is just not good enough for any club. It's not a question, <laughs> but it's a statement. Um, one that I do agree with, I do find some of the stuff he says a little bit tiring now. Like, don't say we don't want to use excuses and then say three excuses. It's a little bit strange. Um, it's not the most ideal thing to do, but there. It's uh, it's something that he does. Uh, GGTV for you says, I think Onana will come in on a free transfer and replace Leno. I genuinely don't think that we'll go for Onana. I don't think he would look at Arsenal as a, a place to go to when they've just spent 24 million on a goalkeeper. Why would you go to Arsenal knowing you're, you're not really going to play? Or if you are going to play, how can you have those guarantees and not have those second thoughts about moving? Uh, Moses, do you think it's a good idea to play Rambo against the championship-type teams uh, like Norwich, Burnley, Brentford? Uh, championship-type teams. Um, I would argue there's a lot of premiership-type teams in the championship rather than championship-type teams in the premiership. There's a Premier League, rather. Uh, there's lots of really quality sides uh, at the bottom of the table and in the championship. So I... 
I think you have to play your best keeper in every game. If Ramsdale is our best keeper, you're playing. Uh, it's a position that I don't think you need to rotate. It's a it's a position that needs to be fought for, not given opportunities to. I would be saying, look, Leno and Ramsdale, you got to ballot out. You got to prove in training who's the best keeper, and play your best keeper. It's as simple as that. Manu says, could you explain how you see Martinelli's development? I feel like I've been waiting for him to burst onto the scene since his Chelsea game. I think that uh, I think it's been affected by the injury. I think that Arteta has obviously not really played him out anywhere near enough as he should have done as a substitute or as a starter. When, when you persist with someone like Willian and he's not giving it minutes and you've got Martinelli on the bench just sitting there, I, I really, really question that decision from Arteta because we know by that time, especially in the second half of the season, that Leno, sorry, Leno, that Willian was not going to be the player that we needed him to be this season. So why not give Martinelli the opportunity? You've got to see the consistent performances. You've got to see him give him minutes. Until you do that, you're not going to get him playing like you want him to. Ian Morgan says, I was amazed with the odd picks for Mikel Arteta's Man City team in terms of his self-preservation. We were likely to lose, but to make life difficult by doing it as a way of whatever was odd. Is this a flaw? It's absolutely a flaw. His team selection has been a flaw for a significant amount of time. Some of the choices it's made before, during, after the game has always been an issue with Arteta. And when I say after the game, I'm talking kind of about... Um, but how he is in press conferences now he speaks about some of his players about like Pepe and Aubameyang and it's not helpful so a lot of the questions are are, are questionable <laughs> is the best way to put it Vuk says who starts Leno or Ramsdale tune in 3pm UK time and you can find out who does start in our preview show a little bit later on today Tulip says thoughts on our set pieces the new techniques doesn't seem so convincing I mean we've not scored We've not scored from a set piece. Have we conceded from a set piece? Brentford, it was kind of a throw-in, wasn't it? If you want to call it a set piece, that's one. Chelsea, both goals weren't set pieces. Man City, thinking of the goals that we conceded against Man City. They weren't really set pieces, I'm trying to think. But ours haven't worked that we've tried to score from. So is the new set piece coach having an impact? Don't know. Hello, Clive. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. Really, uh, genuinely do. Uh, and uh, and likewise, congratulations on the rearrangement of the live show. If you aren't checking out already, people, uh, the Arsenal Vision are doing a live show. Clive will tell me if I'm wrong. I think it's the 18th of October in North London. May even be on Holloway Roads. I'm trying to remember where I saw it, but you can obviously find that out at Arsenal V Podcast. I think it is on Twitter. They're doing a live show, so go check it out. Um, and Clive, I look forward to seeing you at the Football Content Awards, mate. Always happy uh, to share a beer with you. John says, uh, if he keeps progressing, yes, I've seen the videos. At what age do you see Patino having a chance to break into the first team? Another couple of years, maybe sooner. Um, Patino, obviously, we, we all saw the viral video. We all saw um, <laughs> the way in which he tore apart Swindon. And yet we still lost, which is also something you've got to put into context. Is it takes more than one player to win a game, no matter how good you are. But look, just chill on Patino. He looks great. He looks like he's going to be a real amazing talent. But we do need to chill. We do need to measure ourselves. Um, I would like to see him play against Wimbledon in the League Cup. I think that's a great opportunity for him to integrate him into some of the first team action, along with the likes of Amari Hutchinson as well, because he also looks a really good talent. Kido Taylor Hart, I want to see on the bench, give him some minutes. But I do want to see a lot of first team players play. I want to see us target the Cups this season. I want to see us push through the rounds of the competition. 
certainly somewhere I think that we should be. And especially when we're playing someone like Wimbledon, it should be a free pass. With the greatest of respect to Wimbledon, Arsenal should get through that round fairly comfortably. I'm very naive. I'm an Arsenal fan. It comes part and parcel of the job. But we should be getting through that round without too much resistance. Manu says, uh, so you see his development at this club. How now William has left. Where would you like to see him develop? I think he's, I think he's a wide player. I know in my article I've given him the possibility of being a striker. That's because of what, how the club have used him. But I see Martinelli very much as a wide forward and someone that would be supporting the striker, providing opportunities, playing off the striker for scoring chances. That's where I see Martinelli. So there you go. Mo, the like button is lonely. If you haven't already, guys, please do press that like button. It takes you a second to just tap tap the little thumb, uh, thumbs up, not the thumbs down even though they both technically help out the channel, but never press the thumbs down button. It's weird, isn't it? People think that pressing the dislike button is a is like a bad thing for the channel. It's, it's not. It has the same impact on the algorithms on YouTube as the like button. But obviously, I'd like to show that you appreciate the show by pressing the like button over the dislike button. But there you go. Uh, Jose says, which player would you like to, uh, would you like most to see in playing a cup, uh, in a cup game, not in the first team? Uh, as I said already, Patino, Hutchinson, these two guys, I think, would would be need would need to be given some senior chances. Kido Taylor Hart is another. Um, Try to think of anyone else. Maybe Catalan Kerja, but I'm not sure what his status is. In fact, tomorrow morning uh, I'll be joined by Kev from Next Generation Arsenal, and uh, we'll be giving you your first uh, update of the under 23s. So I'll be chatting to Kev. Um, from Next Generation Arsenal at Scouting Indoors, and we'll be having a good discussion around uh, the youth side. That's 10 a.m., I think, tomorrow morning. So make sure you tune in for that one. And with that, I'm going to wrap things up. I will be answering more of your questions in a Q&A later on this morning. As I said, uh, if you didn't know already, I'll be giving you an update show, 10 a.m., uh, channel update about our new partnership. And uh, our first preview show in that partnership is coming at 3 p.m., and I'll be giving you all of the details for that and how that's going to affect the channel, how you can get involved. And also, like, if you have any worries, queries, questions, you know how honest and open I am about the channel. You know that I always give you no BS. And I just say it as it is uh, in regards to the way in which the channel is moving forwards, as I have done with previous sponsors, partnerships, etc. So there you go. See you a little bit later on this evening, this evening, this morning, just a couple of hours time, 90 minutes. Tune in. See you soon, guys. Have a great day if you don't tune in, but I uh, appreciate it. And as always, up the arse. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your Mook delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.